Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. What's up? Hello, Mr. Mashif. Hello, interwebs. Hello, world. Uh, we're doing a podcast. Another week, another Wednesday. Welcome to the Hit the Bucket podcast. I am Jimmy Navio, and uh, here in a minute, I'll be bringing on my co-host with the most, Mr. James28. Friendly reminder to anyone out there listening, this show is recorded live. We do it live, and there's very little editing, so you get to hear all of our mistakes. But we do it live over at twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio. So come hang out. Come come uh, interact with us. It's a good time. Also, friendly reminder, we have a YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Jimmy Navio. Uh, there are other links, but that's probably the easiest to remember. YouTube.com forward slash Jimmy Navio. Uh, we have all the episodes there. We have highlights from the episodes. We've got some other shit that's unrelated to the podcast. But yeah, that's a thing. Go check it out. Also, we have merch. Uh, you go down to the link there in my Twitch channel or on the YouTube video. I think we put it in the description. If I hit the bucket shirt or a mug or a sticker or whatever, you can pick one up. Uh, we use um, Design by Humans. The quality of their products are very good. I have multiple things that I bought from them. I can personally attest to their goods. Good stuff. Also, if you want to reach out to us for any reason, hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Please hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If you have a guest suggestion, if you hate the way I look, that's a place to let us know. Hit the bucket podcast at gmail.com. Oh shit, Rob Dog is here. It's true. Thank you guys. Thank you everyone who's here. Thank you everyone out there listening and supporting the show. Uh, creating a podcast has always been a passion. And I'm doing it. Even if there's only two people out there listening, I appreciate you. And I and I want you to enjoy the show. So without further ado, let's bring on Mr. James28. We'll have ourselves a little chat. No guests this week. Um, hopefully we'll be back with... Uh, exciting guests in the future we have some people in the back burners that we're trying to work out but uh, soon very soon we'll have some exciting guests but in the meantime you know James is pretty cool too I guess what do you think James you think you're cool I think you're cool I've been told I'm a solid seven and a half (laughs) nice I like it that's I, I don't know. You're being humble. I think I could. I, I'd say you're probably. Uh, let's turn this music down. I just realized I was busting that music out a little louder than you. Um, let's see. If I had to give an honest appraisal as one man to another, I'd say pro- you're you're at least like an eight point five nine. Man. Ooh, eight point five nine going into two decimal places. I mean, you could be in pictures. You, you oh, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna call you out because we're actually uh, uh-huh. we're 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 buddies. We, we're twinsies right now. I don't know if you noticed, but let me move my mic out of the way real quick and see if you pick up the thing we have in common right now. Ah, uh, <laughs> we both have blemishes on our necks. We have matching neck what, zits. What the? Sh- <laughs> what a strange coincidence. 
<laughs> and the funny thing is, my camera is usually like on the other scene. My camera is flipped, so like it's actually like almost in the exact same spot too. Mm -hmm. That's that is. We're in sync, see, James. Actually, if I if I shrink down a bit, I can hide it underneath. <laughs> Underneath my name tag. You just got to use my technique and use the microphone, uh, the little. If I bring it, if I if I move this, see now now I'm all all behind. <laughs> it. It's not the same strategy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, welcome, Zit brother. How are mm -hmm. you doing? How how's your week been? The last time we chatted. It's been pretty all right. I have a three day weekend every week. I scheduled my classes, so no Monday classes. Nice. It's very condensed into four days. Yeah. Ooh, the four days are going to get even even longer. I'm gonna, In about two weeks, I'm starting up my VITA volunteer work. I'm helping low-income families do their taxes. And by help, I mean I'm doing all of it for free, and they get to sit there and watch me be their tax monkey. Dance, tax monkey, dance. Pretty much. I, I, I actually can't graduate if I don't do this feels bad man. it's a it's a requirement of your mm -hmm. uh oh i turned myself up a little too much it's a requirement of your uh of my major yeah it's like an internship does it count what does it count as is it like your senior project it's, or what it's volunteer work that you're okay. forced to do you just have to do 40 hours i'm only doing four hours a week over 10 weeks so honestly it's not a lot but it's like if i for some reason can't do it like if i miss an hour or two i legitimately can't graduate so it's like hanging over my head and it, it starts at 9 a.m. I haven't woken up anywhere close to that early this entire semester. Yeah, dude, I, I have very mixed feelings about that type of stuff as far as college is concerned. I know it's important mm -hmm. that you get real world experience, but there's a fine line between real world experience and exploitation, right? Like mm -hmm. I feel like when you talk about internships or in your case doing this tax thing or the example that i think is like the worst is uh doctors like people in the medical field they have to do so many years of residency where they basically mm -hmm. get I, like six years they get paid but it's it's like pennies compared to what like the rest of the doctors and stuff make like doing residency is just basically like them getting a few years of free labor out of you before you become a real doctor. Mm -hmm, pretty much. It's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. And even internships, I think unpaid internships are fucking criminal. It's mm -hmm. uh. luckily, I don't think there are too many of those in my field. Most of the positions are paid, but it's also very competitive. Yeah very competitive paid internship positions everyone wants them yeah because they all pay really well do you have a do you have a game plan when you get out of there do you are you uh are you networking you greasing some palms you talking to professors getting the recommendations mm -hmm. of and... course it's like talking to all the professors that still have contacts we got a career advisor that like knows all of the accounting firms in the area because she used to do that so that's like straight path Honestly, my school actually has a very good track record for placing its students, nice. especially in the accounting field. Every single accounting major that has graduated has found has had a job within one year of them graduating. So it's not really an issue. Yeah. But yeah. I but don't want to have to settle for a job, you know? Yeah, there's a difference between having a job and having the job you want, though, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's one thing to be an accountant. It's another thing to be an accountant in, like, a prestigious 
company at a good position and it can it can make a difference especially 10 years from now you know mm-hmm. those uh those credentials that you got to build up that resume mm-hmm. but who current plan is cpa less than two years and then that sets you up like C, once you have cpa you can go like anywhere because that's like top tier the only thing that beats you is other cpas with more experience right but you get beat by experience either way okay and then uh and then that's when you um fund the podcast right of course <laughs> Gonna budget it out. It's like, all right, here's my yearly paycheck. Here's how much goes towards hit the bucket. Right now, the uh, the podcast budget is literally all of my Twitch donations. <laughs> like that's to pay for Zoom and all that stuff, which I'm I'm happy to do, and I'm glad that like you know so far I've been able to mostly fund this whole shebang. Like new microphone. We we have uh, matching. Uh, little audio interfaces now too i bought that same one that you got mm-hmm. on on the sale it's, it's solid yeah i yeah. like it a lot you sound you sound so much better than you used to with that mm. that's a new mic right and you have the interface and yeah. i uh i adjusted my levels too now i felt like you were too good and i was like i gotta i gotta get on james's gonna level sh- now. gonna show it up on my own show yeah no but yeah like I had the blue snowball for so long and then once I got this one I like recorded on both of them saying the same stuff and listened to it and the difference was just like so big yeah you can't really pinpoint what it is with the mic oh it's definitely worth the price yeah I I feel like you definitely get what you pay for like I'm after hearing how good your mic sounds I'm just like tempted to replace mine already even though I just bought this one not that long ago I'm like ah could be better I know I'm so picky now. I, I I was never like really picky on audio before I started the podcast, but now like because I go back and listen to the episodes and like try and improve. I it's taken me a while to get used to listening my, to my own voice, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like I, I try and listen to the episodes and oh I said like so many times or you know, I I try and be as objective as possible and improve week to week. And and now when I listen to the episodes, I'm like damn it, James sounds so good. Yeah, it's funny because I had that same issue. I was like, well, the, the snowball's good enough. People, I'm legible to people's ears. And I was like, it doesn't matter. But then you actually get a good one and you're like, I have been, I have been holding back from everyone that has listened to me on the internet. They could have had this for so long. Yeah, I bet like even your, uh, your YouTube stuff as well probably increased mm-hmm. the production value on all that stuff. Yeah, especially on the low end, like the lower pitches on the old mic. They would just get muddled or sometimes just like completely lost and that not even an issue on this one. Yeah. I, uh, oh, speaking of your, uh, YouTube channel, y- you know, you lined up all those slay the spire videos and I just saw their official, uh, release, uh, trailer for, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess they're officially coming out of, uh, yeah, they are right after uh, they just released like their mod support. Yeah. So now they're like, we're ready to ship it. Yeah, I saw someone, uh, who was it? I think it was Brotato. I saw him playing, uh, he's a Twitch streamer. I saw him playing Slay the Spire and he had a bunch of mods installed. He had like a googly eye mod and shit. I was like, what is this? Like I had never even. Yeah, there's actually, a lot of them are very well made because I, I don't think it's that hard to actually mod it. I've seen some, because a lot of people are adding like new classes 
and are actually making the classes interesting, like with their own mechanics and stuff. My favorite one right now is the uh, the slime bound. You're a slime, and it works similar to the uh, the defect where you get those orbs. Instead of channeling orb orbs, you channel slimes ah. that also do different attacks and stuff. So like they'll inflict poison, they'll like give you health back, they do damage, they have like different status effects. It's really cool, like how much you can actually do with it. That's awesome. So did you uh, was your creating all of those videos uh, strategic? I didn't even know they were that close to release. Oh, really? <laughs> I knew it was like on the horizon. I didn't know it was like literally like. It's either it's like the end of this month or like the early next month, isn't it? I thought I I thought I when the trailer came out, I was like, oh, it's not it's out oh. now. Like I thought it was out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out. It's out. Yeah. So that's it's what I was saying. As like, of right now, you yeah, exactly. It's no longer early access. So I was like, James had to have like had some insider info because you literally came out with that series of let's plays like right before it got officially released. So mm-hmm. I'd be curious that's to just, see if you get a bump. A wild coincidence. If you get a bump in your uh, in your view count on your videos in the next mm-hmm. few weeks, because it's officially out. It's been in early access for so long. I feel like everyone knows about it, but but it actually saw a pretty small player base. Oh, but true. like the people that played it, everyone is saying it's such a good game. And I think there's rumors it's coming to mobile devices, which would mean I'd be playing it even more. Oh yeah, no that that guy, I could totally see that game finding a lot of success on mobile. It, does it have any console releases? Like it'd be perfect for Twitch. If they're not if they're not talking about a Twitch release for that game, they are shooting themselves in the foot because that like I could see myself definitely uh, hitting the bucket while I while I play Slay, Slay the Spire. The Spire. <laughs> I, I th- well, let's see. There are a few PC-specific features they couldn't squeeze in that will be coming, but more content later on. So nothing specific. Hmm. Dude, though, that would be that but, would be fantastic on the Switch. I feel like that that would be. They'd be dumb not to do it. The Switch is huge. How many? I mean, how many units? That's such a huge player base to. Everyone's scrambling to get their stuff on Switch right now. Diablo threes on Switch. I mean, like everything. Like, yeah. And it's a great mobile device. The game works so well in that format because you don't really it. It's turn based. I well, and it's a touch it, screen, right? So yeah, it is. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's literally the perfect like platform for that game. I I definitely I would not be surprised if in the next however you know six months a year or whatever they're like oh yeah by the way we're coming out with a Switch version. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just released today. They have a full banner across the Steam homepage that says version 1.0, now available. But with that, the price went up as well. But ooh, even at $25, I'd still recommend it. The, yeah. yeah, the amount of replay value that game has is pretty astronomical. I mean, there's tons of stuff. Like how many? So how many characters are there in the game now? In the base game, there are three. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the way you can play it, there's like they're really good about it. They because it's a duck, it's a deck building game. So there's many archetypes. There's right. so many archetypes within those three that you can build and adapt to. And then even after like, oh, you beat the basic version, which is just like how they kind of like meant it to be played. They went ahead and say, all right, for people that want more of a challenge, we put ascension mode. So now it gets hard, incrementally harder each time, all the way to twenty. 
and it's a harder and interesting ways it's not just like enemies are tougher type hardness it's like we'll put a curse in your deck we'll reduce your max health we'll do this we'll make elites spawn more often we'll make bosses deadlier now everything's deadlier it's like it's interesting ways to make it more difficult to keep you want to keep going right and hit that ascension 20 so is ascension 20 is that like once you hit ascension 20 that's essentially i've done everything there is to do is that mm-hmm. like the end game that's pretty much like i have conquered the game as that character because you have to hit ascension 20 on each can on each character and it's, it's pretty the highest i think i've gotten right now is ascension seven and, and that's on like, one character yeah that's on one character like on the high end i believe it's the defect ascension seven low end the silent ascension four because they all play differently so you might be really good at the defect and really bad at the silent and it's really hard to like swap into that mindset because they all play differently the silent can be like really combo draw oriented while the defect can be really like slow rolling like late game type stuff really like build up a huge armada like for the late game and then the ironclad ironclad's like easy mode but in ascension it's actually a lot more difficult yeah that's crazy so yeah that would take you i mean do you think you could estimate how long it would take to get ascension 20 on all three characters uh i mean for me if i played nothing but slay the spire like for an entire year i think i could get it on one (laughs) wow just because sometimes i feel like some the runs where i've beaten like the that level of ascension is where i think i got lucky where it's like all the things came together like specifically for the defect because there's a type of deck you can build which is claw for each claw you have in your deck each claw deals more damage and then there's a rare card you can get that draws all zero cost cards from your discard and all claws are zero cost. So you play out all your claws, play that. So you can basically one shot almost every fight in the first turn if you draw really well. Oh, okay. And, and sometimes that happens with the defects. I'm like, oh, easy. This is a perfect ascension. I might actually beat it. But then even when you have like all these like great variables, you could just end up going against a boss that destroys you. Wow. Like there's one, the time eater. Every time you play a card, it ticks up. Once you reach 12 cards, your turn instantly ends, and he takes his turn. So even if you think like you're going great, you'll get to Act 3, see the time eater, and it's like, oh, my combo deck is actually useless. He, he's going to kill me. Like I can't do anything, because I tech too far into this deck early. That's crazy. And that, that I mean... That's crazy, because it would take you that long for one character... And there's three different characters. And then on top of that, by time you... Like, let's say someone hits, like, Ascension 20 on three characters. Are there people that have done that? I'm pretty sure there are. I've I've seen streamers, like, be at Ascension 20. I think a few of them that I've watched only have, like, one. Because they'll play, like, one character and then they're really bad at the other one. Uh, But I think there's probably a few people that have actually hit Ascension 20 on all three. Because... I've seen people that are good at the game and they'll be like, I'm choosing this card because this, this, and this, and I'm ignoring like, or I'm ignoring this card choice because it seems good now, but like, as I thin my deck and do X and Y, it's actually going to hurt me in the long run if I take it. And they're like thinking of stuff I'm not even thinking of. Like they're thinking so far ahead. Like chess, dude. You're thinking like 
10 20 moves ahead of where you are now and like how it's going to affect the game later on and that's crazy man speaking of chess uh what's this auto chess business all about Ooh, i i saw i was it you that linked that mm-hmm. sweep in the nation dota 2 auto chess well i have no idea what it is it it, it almost looked like a tower defense type game of sorts mm-hmm. but i yeah. i really have no idea it's it's hard to explain, right? It's it's kind of like when MOBAs were the new thing. How do you describe a MOBA? It's like well, it's a five v five team game, but it's basically you basically auto chess uses all the characters from Dota two, and it's it's called auto chess because each character is like a chess piece. Yeah. You buy them from the shop, you put them on the board, and then it's your team versus your opponent's team. It's like sixteen players played at once, and then it's like. You draw, you get from a limited pool of characters, and then you just fight until the until the last person standing. You have like a, a the player character that if your team dies, then he takes some damage at the end of each round for each round you lose. So it's last person standing. Yeah, so it's it's not PvP though, right? Like you're not directly playing against other people. You're you're fighting you're fighting AI in your board, right? It's PvP in that you are facing other people, but you don't actually control the characters. Oh, okay. That's why it's auto. So you're facing other people Mm -hmm. on your board? Yes. Because when I saw a guy playing it, uh, it looked like the other... Maybe... Can you also play against AI? Are there other modes? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I saw. Because he... The computer was only playing like mostly minions, and then every once in a while a hero would pop out. I, I, it, it looked more like a tower defense type thing. Mm. I don't know if that's just... It's, a, it's, it's like, yeah, it's really hard to like describe what actually happening. Yeah, I, I watched a, I, I tried to watch a YouTube video of some guy explaining the game and like I immediately felt lost. <laughs> it's like I have no idea. But It was, it was funny to me because all of a sudden all the Hearthstone streamers I'm, I follow are playing Dota 2 and I was like, what? Like, you guys play a card game. How are you playing? Why are you playing Dota 2 all of a sudden? And then it's like they're all playing Dota 2 auto chess. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I need to see what this is. So I watch it. And like you, I have no idea what's going on. I just see like characters like blowing up and attacking each other. And every once in a while, they're like, oh, I need to spend my money on these things. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of want to try and wrap my head around it because it, like you said, it's been blowing up. Did, it's more recent in the U.S. though, right? Because a lot of the stuff I was looking at, it looked like it was in like Asian countries. Is it mm-hmm. is it more popular elsewhere? Like I, I think it's like I think it was just in Asian countries first. Oh, okay. Because I think yeah, like it blew up right now. I, someone like said if Dota Two Auto Chess was separate from Dota Two, it'd be in the top ten list for most played games. Yeah, like that's how big it blew up. Well, and that's, I mean, that goes back to what I've always said about, like, mod tools. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a mod for Dota 2, and now I guarantee Which you... was a mod for... Right, Warcraft. and, and you're, I guarantee you a couple years from now, there's going to be a standalone game of auto chess. There's going to be the League of Legends of auto chess, right? Like, because League of Legends was just some people were like, hey, we like Dota, we're going to make our own version of it, right? Yeah, exactly. There, there's going to be some company 
if they're not already working on it it's gonna happen soon i, I think there was even i saw a link uh it might have been on reddit i'm not sure but it was like uh is it tencent is that the company in china that, yeah they're the ones that own uh league of legends yeah right? was they that own a lot did of you IP. post that link or did i i came i don't remember how i came across it but tencent was actually like it. So Tencent's already asking people, would you like to see a standalone mobile version of Auto Chess? Mm. So like they got the money. That's not like the resources. It's I love modding tools for that reason. Like so many new game modes. Like Counter Strike was a mod for originally the Quake engine, and then it moved to the Half Life engine, and then eventually Valve picked them up, and it became a, an entirely separate game, right? Mm -hmm. dota is now it's entirely separate thing uh there's another one that i bought on steam uh, i forget what it's called it's a standalone version of an old um warcraft 3 mod i might have to pull up steam so i can remember what it's called but i really enjoy it and i play it casually off stream but so many good games have spawned from modding tools and that's why people keep asking me are you gonna get the warcraft 3 remake and my response is i'm gonna see how good the modding tools are because I've played you through it up to play some uh what was it called? I can't remember what the the old modded games were. Like Footman something. Yeah, well, I mean, there was so many good mods for the old Warcraft 3 engine and then StarCraft 2 has the whole arcade, you know? There's the whole StarCraft 2 arcade and it's free now, isn't it? Like I think you can just install the arcade and play games for free. The arcade has been free for a while, yeah. Yeah. And then it was more recently that StarCraft 2 as a whole went free to play. So if they if they release updated modding tools with Warcraft 3 that are like even better than the StarCraft 2 map creating modding tools like if they take it to the next level I'll probably pull the trigger cuz personally I've played through Warcraft 3 so many times like I know that campaign well enough to me it's not worth it to to buy it just for a graphical update yeah, just for the hd remake but if it comes with like some new stuff and updated modding tools and you start to see some really cool mods come out of it then i'll probably pull the trigger yeah exactly because even like the starcraft 2 modding tools with the whole map creator it was all it was already super powerful like yeah. they actually they had a higher uh, they had a higher an outside developer to do some work on it because it was so strong you, people could make games in the modding tool that would actually rewrite stuff on your hard drive. <laughs> so, they, so if someone maliciously wanted to do something, they could make a program in the modding tool that would give you a blue screen. It would like delete your system 32. So they were like, okay, we we need to figure out how, to, <laughs> how you can make it so you can't do that. Could dial it back a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was a bit too powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. So I'm. I'm excited for that reason. I hope that they take it to the next level as far as the modding tools. I'll have to find that game. I don't want to mess with it right now. I'm distracted, but uh, <laughs> starts playing it on the podcast. <laughs> Basically, it's a it's a a lane defense game where everybody there. It's two teams, and there's like five people on each team, and uh, you each have your own lane. So you're defending from AI minions, but then depending on how efficient you are at defending your lane, you gain resources and you can upgrade. You can either upgrade your defense for your lane, but you can also choose to spend resources to attack the other team's lanes. 
Like you can send special units. Like you can be like, oh, send this giant fucking, you know, Ultralesk in the next wave, and it'll mm-hmm. and and then they'll have to deal with it. So it's it's all just basically uh, strategy and how how much do I save versus like keeping my lane alive? Because if too many minions pass through your line of defense, you lose. So it's like it's almost like a it's almost like a multiplayer Nexus Wars kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. I've played Nexus Wars a couple times. It's kind of like that. Modding, that's why the modding tools were cool. That this StarCraft arcade was free because I didn't even play StarCraft. I would still play the arcade games. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wish I could remember the name of it. So because what happened is it became so popular that they released a standalone. A company came out and released a standalone version of it. Same with uh, that other one, Desert uh, Strike, or uh, what was that? Red something? Red... Uh, it was free-to-play, and it, it and it was basically uh, a third-party company. A separate company made a remake of uh, uh, Nuke... Oh, what's that? Dude, I'm spacing the names of all these modes that I used to play. Mm-hmm. But uh, point being that uh, it all came from those mods. So I'm always excited to see people come out with mod tools. There's always like I, the fact that Fortnite came out with that, you know, their their set of mod tools. You, you know, you can hate on Fortnite all you want, but now that they have that creative mode and sandbox, like you've already seen so many cool like custom races and maps and modes and stuff coming out of the Fortnite engine because they added those tools, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of cool, I guess. Modding. Just kind of cool. <laughs> Revolutionizing the industry. Because I mean, it also gives people who might have like a really good idea who aren't necessarily like software engineers or developers a way to be like, oh, cool. There's this tool that I can like maybe show my idea to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like when you like you're a game dev, you have a new idea. And you're like, oh, I have to, you know, find a game engine that I want to use that I think will let me achieve that goal and then build it from the ground up. Whereas when you're modding something, a lot of the hard work is done for you. Now it's just figuring out how you're going to implement what you want. Yeah. You already have the engine. You already have like the triggers, all the stuff. Like you can even use existing character models just to like get it done. Mm-hmm. And just, just rename them. Just proof of concept, get it out there or whatever and and see if people like it i think it's it's awesome oh desert strike desert strike was a custom map on uh starcraft 2 that uh spawned yeah, its I own played game it. yeah it, it spawned a game called like red something we all played it mm-hmm. a couple times and it's basically just like choosing which minions you'll spawn each round and they fight in the middle it's like a tug of war mm-hmm. there were a lot of tug of war games yeah, I All think solid. Nuclear Strike was my favorite one that I played a lot. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed the uh, the one that came out on Steam. I think it was free to play too, but the uh, I stopped playing it because the pay model was atrocious. Oof! It, it didn't last because they were like, "You can buy <laughs> this for greedy. you can spend five dollars for two units or something." I mean, it was just like way too greedy of a pay system. Actually, pay to win game. Yeah. I didn't dig it. Mm-hmm. So before we move on from game stuff, I wanted to 
kind of ask you about this. You said you've been playing a game called Neptune's Pride. Yes. Let me pull this up. And uh, so explain what it is and why it's cool. Well, it's a it's a browser-based 4X game that's really simplified. You have like you don't even have resources. You have credits. You buy everything with credits. You have ships, you have carriers, you have planets. Well, technically star systems, but planets is like a lot easier. And it's a very social game. So right now I got into it because someone in a Discord community I'm in was like, hey guys, like I found a game, like a lot of us can play together because everyone hangs out. But most of the games we all play are like either 1v1 or 2v2. Yeah. So not a lot of people can get together to play them. He's like, and it supports 16 players and we can all play. So essentially, you control like a little faction in this entire galaxy. And to win, you can set the win condition. Ours is you have to control more than 50% of all the stars on the map. And to do so, you just send your carrier to each star system that automatically claims it. And you just get a blank planet and you fight over planets and stuff. And you do that. You can build ships. You manage your economy. There's different technologies you can research. You have to build up your science. And what makes it really fun is the the social aspect. Because if you're going it alone, you can only ever research one technology at a time. And your your economy is based on how much you're willing to invest in it. When you take a star system, it doesn't generate you any money. You have to invest into the economy of each star to get more money. And each oh, star wow. has its own natural resources. So one that's low costs more. So even though you've expanded a lot, if you don't have a lot of good planets, it's, you're not going to have any money. So it really rewards like building alliances versus other people because while I'm researching, like say weapons, my friend can be researching banking and then we can trade that technology. And now we're both have in the time it took, it would take one person to get two technologies. The two of us were able to get it in half the time. So you said uh, it's up to, with, with that social aspect in mind, you said it's up to 16 players. Is that uh, 16 players all kind of playing their own strategies? Are there teams? Are there, are you, is it 16 players versus the rest of the people in the universe? Like how, how, do, how does that part play So out? the game we're playing is 16 players. Technically, we're all against each other. In-game alliances are turned off which means that just like you can't formally have an alliance like in the game, like a checkbox. But you can secretly like Discord message someone and be like, hey, what's up? So that's what we're doing. Like Discord (laughs) is like, hey, we're next to each other. Would you want to be in an alliance so we're not fighting over like the early game resources? Or like, hey, there's this one guy like on the other side of the map. He's very aggressively expanding. Do you want to talk to someone near him and be like, hey, like what's going on? Like what, what what intel do you have on him? Like what is he doing over there? So it's like very social. For example, uh, there's to help kind of balance it out, there's an experimentation research node that at the end of each production cycle, you set it. Ours is every 24 hours. That's when you get credits and when research and all your research tech is done. Rewards points into a random research tree. And he was lucky and got points in one he was already researching. So he had a level two variant while everyone else had level one. Ah. Could have just kept it to himself People could see that his is level two, but he could keep that technology to himself. But instead, he said, I'll sell it to anyone that wants it for 160 credits, Whoa. which 
for the technology he was selling it it basically if you bought it it pays itself off in two production cycles so two days okay but his idea is it's a very small thing right now like it's not actually worth a whole lot it pays itself off really fast but if i sell it for 160 to almost everyone like all 15 other players and he makes 160 times 15 whereas if he just kept it to himself he would only have made 70 ah so instead of making just 70, he dipped. I didn't buy it because I was already researching it. I was already close. Yeah. I traded mine with someone else for their tech. But if 10 people were like, oh, I want that, then he instantly made like a shit ton of money. credits easily. Yeah. Everyone else is like scrounging for money because our, our economies are very slow right now. Dude, that's crazy. That sounds pretty in-depth. I, uh, I feel like this is a game that if I were to get involved, uh, you'd probably be hearing a lot of me saying, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Jimmy, what are you uh, doing over there? Like, <laughs> how'd you end up in my, uh, my, sec- my section of the system? Don't worry about it, James. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like uh, that would be pretty much, I'd just be trying to swoop backdoor deals and be devious as I do. Mm-hmm. And it's nice how it kind of self-balances. Like, for example, the one guy that did that, I, I was watching his movements because you can see who owns what stars. And I noticed like, oh, he's actually hasn't expanded after this point, which tells me he can't actually reach any other stars. He has to spend money researching another tech, which will let him jump larger distances, which means for a while he'll be stuck in this area. Well, I was luckier. I have stars that are closer, which means I can expand to more places and if I'm lucky, get some very nice planets to build some infrastructure on and hopefully pull ahead. So what's the win condition? Is it, is it killing everyone else? Is it who has the most resources? Like, what, is, there, is there an end game? Is there a win condition? The win condition for us is control 50% of all the stars. So the first person to control 50% is the, is mm. the winner? Yes. And as I said, it's played over, like a game lasts like two to four weeks. A production cycle for us is 24 hours. So it actually takes quite a bit of time to capture stars. For example, uh, I recently marked, uh, you can auto set like where your ships are going. So since I know no one else can contest it, I just like sent it to capture as much as I can. Well, for it to jump like from one star to one star takes like the shortest distance I've had to jump was like four hours. And then the longest was eight. And then the total trip that I planned for it is like a 72 hour trip just throughout capturing these stars. So you can see it. So what other people are going to see is like me slowly picking up stars on the map. Okay. But but they won't like see like which stars I'm aiming for unless they start moving towards me and have their own like scanning tech right. watching what my ships are doing. So you're the guy saying, don't worry about it. <laughs> right now, yeah. They probably notice like, why is he uh, ticking stars into his territory heading towards the center of the map? Yeah. Because I identified a cluster of stars that were close to together. So I was like, that's going to be really easy to grab. So I try to go for it as fast as possible. Yeah, it sounds fun, man. It's obviously targeted at like, it, it seems like they're targeting mobile users pretty heavily. Like even mm-hmm. the layout of this website is very mobile centric. In the mm-hmm. industry, we call this mobile first design. <laughs> you design your shit with mobile in mind first, and then you kind of make it work on everything else. And it, like if it, so, if you if you were to come here and go to uh, inspect, and then 
Oh, why is it down here? Oh, here you go. The button's over here. If you switch it to a mobile view, which device do we want to choose? Click it. Uh, drop down. Everything's in the wrong place. It's supposed to be on the side. But anyway, it's designed for mobile. That was my point. Oh, it's up here. It's interesting that they would uh, target because it's you can play it on PC, right? Yes. Because it was funny earlier today, my friend's like, you need to move your ship away from this planet because mine's about to land there. And I said you could have it, but if our ships collide, they're going to fight. So I was like, oh, okay, let me see if I could do it on my phone. And it works like fantastic on my phone. And it's not an app. You just go on through any browser. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I might have to play this damn game now. Thanks a lot. Maybe you can jump into the next game. So did you mention that it's a, what's it called? 4X? Yeah, 4X. And for those who might not know, can you explain kind of what 4X is? I can. Let me make sure I know what it is. Because oh, <laughs> I'm only vaguely familiar. I've never really like tried to explain it to someone, but they're generally lo very large resource intensive like rts type games but i know there's mm -hmm. there's a few categories that make it specifically 4x i know the four stands for something right yeah so it's basically 4x explore expand exploit exterminate because usually in these types of games like there's other win conditions but most people settle on kill everyone else as a win condition so that's where the exterminate comes in exploit because you have to use all the resources at your advantage to win and explore and expand that's just how it goes with most of these games, it's usually given a grand strategy games where you're controlling a lot of territory. It's really slow. So stuff like Civ Five Civilization, that's it, that's a four X. Stellaris is a four X. Uh, Sins of a Solar Empire, right. that's a four X. Yeah, Sins of a Solar Empire was like an earlier one, right? I, that get, that game came out quite a while ago, and it was like a. I remember when it came out, everyone was like, "What is this?" And it was like the first like really commercially successful like. I remember hearing about that game a lot as like a, a successful 4X game. Mm -hmm. It was it was recently, I forgot, I think it was free for a bit on Steam, which is why I picked it up. And yeah, you can see like even today, it still like runs and looks really good, but it's a 4X. So to actually like start playing it, you have to invest a ton of time oh, just yeah. like learning what you got to do. Yeah, I learned my lesson with 4Xs when someone was like, I think it was Gobe. I think it was good old dipshit. He was like, hey, you should play Stellaris on your stream. And so for like a Thirsty Thursday one time, we tried to start a game of Stellaris. And we got like, I don't know how many rounds of moves we made it through, but it wasn't much. Like We didn't make it very far into the game. And I was like, so yeah, this is this would literally, if I were to stream this, it would take weeks. Before, mm -hmm. like, it's like, when do we play the game? <laughs> it's like, this is the game. He's like, no, we're right now we're scouting and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I, as much as I would love to play this game, there's no way I'm streaming this because it's just like, uh, at least at the time, my audience, it wasn't something that I think would have probably mm -hmm. gone over very well. But I do enjoy these games. And the idea, I this one appeals to me because of how long the turns take and because it is mobile centric and it's kind of just something you can do when you have the time to do it. And there's not that pressure to like constantly be doing things. Mm -hmm. It's like, especially when the entire production takes 24 hours, it's like once you spend all your stuff and map out what you want to do, it's like, well, I can't do anything for today. Yeah. So now I have to wait till tomorrow. 
Yeah, you can open your phone, maybe spend an hour or whatever, like plotting out all your shit, and then you can just not think about it for a while. Mm. That that definitely appeals to me as time lately seems to be more valuable than <laughs> than anything else with everything I've got going on. So it yeah, cool. Uh he told me about this just before stream, so I wanted to pick his brain a little mm-hmm. bit. It's I called it. it's called Neptune's Pride. Uh the website is kind of a weird URL. It's np.ironhelmet.com. I'm guessing Iron Helmet is the uh, are they is that the publisher or the developer? Or? I'm pretty sure it's the developers. And I think the largest a game can go is 32 players. Oh wow! Okay, so mm-hmm. and is there the option of doing any type of like team play or alliances? Like if you wanted to set it so you could have like teams of three or some shit. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'll have to do some research and like watch the videos and read about it. But thank you for uh, for enlightening me. This this seems like something I could definitely get into. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had the pleasure of uh, <laughs> I don't know if you caught any of my stream last night. Before we move on from gaming, we'll try probably take a break after this since uh, no guests this week, so we're just nerding out about some game shit. But uh, last night on my stream, I uh. The Twitch Sings uh, closed beta. I got an email a while back that was like, "Hey, you're uh, you're up, dude. You can try out Twitch." I think it's because I signed up for it at uh, TwitchCon. At TwitchCon, mm-hmm. yeah. So I got the email that I was uh, I was good to go. So I installed it last night on a whim, and uh, I broke my diet. If, if for anyone uh, who is wondering, I was definitely not sober last night. I think you can watch mm-hmm. the VOD and it's pretty apparent. <laughs> I was lurking during the Twitch things and I was like, he's singing piano, man. It can only mean one thing. <laughs> yeah, I was not a good boy last night as far as my diet is concerned. And there's a really fun moment. Well, I'll have to see if I can find it and highlight it or clip it. Um, let's just say that I've never seen Lady Navio so upset with me before in my entire life. (laughs) It was like one, I was, I was such an asshole, full, full transparency. It was like definitely past midnight. I think it was like one 45 or something. And I was having a blast with the, the Twitch sing stuff. And I was trying to, someone challenged me to what's this. Which you know the, that's the song from Nightmare Before Christmas with Skell- uh, Jack Skellington. He's like, "What's this? What's this? There's magic everywhere," and mm-hmm. that song is hard as balls, especially when you're drunk. But I tried well, yeah, it. Yeah, the tempo changes so much. So the the problem, well, it's just fast. The whole thing is just like there's some tongue twistery parts in there, and uh, I was not sober. And uh, also, the problem with that game. That does not exist in real karaoke, and I, I have mixed feelings about it. I have to decide how I, I it suffers from Mario Kart syndrome. I don't know if you ever play Mario Kart by yourself when you're trying to like do a time trial or do a shortcut or like beat a previous record or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or unlock shit. The fact that you can pause it and restart it instantly is a problem. <laughs> Because like I would I'd be singing and I would get I'd totally like trip over my tongue or like mess up a phrase and I just boop boop restart it mm. and and like that's when you get into that vicious loop of just like 
I restarted that song. It be perfect. I mean, I yeah, it got worse and it was definitely a downward spiral into insanity because some of them were probably passable attempts, but like then I would trip over a word or whatever and be like, nope, got to start again. And like I just got caught in that loop of like wanting to make it better and better and better and just nail the entire song. And it just got, it got gnarly. I think if you're going to have a karaoke game, the half of the fun of karaoke is watching people fuck up like yeah if everyone's a great singer it's like what's the fun in that right exactly i I, so like letting you restart whenever you want i'm not sure how i feel about that i feel like once you commit to singing a song you should have to sing it all the way through Mm -hmm. but i don't know maybe that's just me so what's the the collection of songs available look like it's pretty decent. They have they've got rock, country, pop. Uh, there was quite a few Disney tracks on there, which I know a lot of people, especially uh, all of our uh, our weebs out there with their Kingdom Hearts uh, fascinations. There's there's a pretty good mix of music. Uh, it had Piano Man, so that's good. There there were some there were some very important ones missing from. Oh, and uh, Ace of Base. I saw the sign. That's a big karaoke hit. Uh, but things like that really should have been there that weren't, uh, the best example I can think of is hotel California was Mm -hmm. not there. Yeah. That's a classic. That's, that's, that's essential karaoke. So I know it's just a matter of licensing. Um, I think there were some Beatles tracks on there. So it has a lot of classic karaoke, but I think it, it could be better. And I think over time, if it gains in popularity what i didn't realize <laughs> is when you uh when you finish a song it gives you three options at the bottom it gives you back it gives you retry and it gives you save and continue now what i didn't realize i thought save and continue just meant like save your progress and keep playing the game like most mm-hmm. games you're just like oh save and continue but you were in for a surprise when you hit save and continue in twitch sings it creates a separate VOD of that performance in your video library on your Twitch account. So if you go look at my videos tab on my Twitch, if you go to twitch.tv forward slash Jimmy Navio and you click on videos, there's like 12 <laughs> Twitch things mm-hmm. performances from me. I, today I was like, oh man, that was crazy. And I went and looked at it today and I was like, oh, these were all saved. <laughs> And I, I was not anticipating that, but uh, I decided, why not? We'll leave him. We'll leave him no, for. Wait, you have a duet on here. I, I tried to do a duet. Her timing was a little funky in a few parts. I think that was the "Be a Man." Hmm. And what's the duet like? like so how does that work? How a duet? So when you do a performance, you can choose if you if you want to do a duet, you can either um choose to do a duet with someone who already did one because there will be two parts most of them i didn't see any with more than two parts but what so what you do is you say oh i want to sing this song and then you choose solo or duet if you choose duet it asks you which part you want to sing first or second or down below it gives you a list of people who have already done a part so if you want to do like let's say you don't want to use an existing one you want to make your own first part you can record that video and then save it so when other people go there, they'll see that, oh, okay, Jimmy Navio did the first part. I'm going to go and use his video, and I'm going to do the second part. And the mm. cool thing about that is that way you can, like, hit the harmonies and stuff. Because, like, you know, if there's parts of the song where you have to harmonize with the other person. So on that one, I chose a girl who had already done the second part. 
for Be a Man. And then I sang the first part. And then I tried my best to like, you know, harmonize with her and kind of like fill in my part. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know they had that kind of feature. Yeah. So the more people that are able to get on and do it, I know when I was doing it last night, a few people in chat were trying to, I think Mashif and uh, that Bishop girl and a few other people were like, oh, I want to get on there and record a part so you can do the duet. So there's like, there's that natural, like, it's kind of a cool way to do karaoke with people across the internet, you know? Mm -hmm. Like someone's like, oh, I did a, I did a part two on this one. You should go sing the part one and, you know, we can, you know, collaborate on it. Yeah, you can sing a duet with your viewers. The Bring only, chat into your house. The only problem I foresee with that is, uh, you know, we talked a lot about uh, the difference between, like, good self-promotion versus douchey self-promotion. I could see a lot of people, like, creating, like, you record the part two of a duet, and every once in a while you just slip in, like, a, follow my channel, you know? <laughs> like, it just... Like, Twitch TV for slash Jimmy Navia, and then like, yeah, because in the duet, it's like, what? There's really, there's really nothing stopping you. I mean, maybe they'll patrol it, or they'll have some type of system in place or policy to prevent that. But you could just not sing the song at all, and just like, you know, if I had uh, something connected to the input on my, uh, on my computer, I could just start playing. You've been gnomed, or you know, I could just like totally just play audio clips, or like no, that's... pull up a soundboard and just record bullshit. Like, there's nothing preventing you from just trolling the shit out of it, as far as I can tell. That was my I first thought. Is see... I was like, people are going to abuse this. I can already see the gnomed coming yeah. up yep. as soon as like more bigger like Twitch streamers do it. They're like, oh, like definitely like do this duet with this person. And they're like, oh, all right. They click it, and then it's. You've been gonna right, right off the bat. You just hear you've been gnomed, or like, the slow burn, like it's perfectly a normal duet, and then right when like an important harmony comes up, right then you've yeah. been gnomed. Ooh, or or even uh, well, and I think I honestly think that's why they're limiting access right now to like people who already are established streamers who have been at TwitchCon who have like because they'll be less inclined to like. Because, you know, there's also, like, for example, people who have song requests turned on, there's always that issue of, like, people putting songs on YouTube where it'll be, um, you know, one of the typical, like, let's say it's a Rickroll. But mm -hmm. right in the middle of the Rickroll, it's like, suck my dick, bitch. You know, it's like some, like, just screaming, mic turned all the way up, just trolley shit right in the middle of the song that's super offensive just to trigger everyone in chat. I could see people trying to pull stuff like that if if they weren't concerned about their Twitch account being banned. <laughs> so yeah. I think I think that's maybe that's how they'll regulate it. Is like, hey, like mm -hmm. we're only going to give people access to this if they've proven that they're not going to be giant assholes. Yeah, they don't want people coming coming on and then ruining the fun. Right. Because right now, yeah, like it's only streamers that I think can have it or have access to it right now. Yeah, and even then, it's not all streamers. I think right now, it's pretty much limited to those who have been to one of the sign-up events. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. I don't know. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, oh, I certainly enjoyed watching it. <laughs> well, is, that's the whole point, right? I, I'm glad I was able to entertain some people and... I love karaoke, even though I'm terrible at it. I'm always like trying to get Lady Navio to go... like. Let's go out. Let's go do some karaoke. And she's like, 
no <laughs> i shoot me in the face like she's i mean not that extreme but she's more of an introvert so mm-hmm. she'll go out and have fun with me but uh i'm a little i'm a little over ambitious sometimes <laughs> karaoke is one step too far yeah well, she'll do it, but the thing is, is like whenever she does karaoke, it's whenever I'm not around. Like I'll just get some random video. She'll like message me when she's out with like her and her best friend, or like she's like, "Oh, it's so silly, we did karaoke." I was like, "I've been trying to get you to do karaoke for like the last six months, and you hang out with her and do karaoke." I'm jealous. Makes me sad. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, I feel betrayed. Mostly, I, I think she doesn't want to do it with me because I'm I'm embarrassing. I can't. I can't go to karaoke with Jimmy. So <laughs> he had one too many Jack and Cokes. <laughs> Mashif said everyone's an introvert compared to you, Jimmy. I mean, fair enough. I guess there's that. Maybe that that could be a that could be a true statement. I don't know. I just like people. I can talk all day. I can talk to myself all day. I just like words. I like consuming them. I like producing them. Give me the words. Let's do it. So, yeah, that was my experience last night. I played a few other games, too. Oh, one other mm-hmm. one that is really fun that I enjoyed very much. Was it the... Hidden the Folks. Where you're like, yes. I, that's when I tuned in, and I was like, what am I watching? Dude, that game is a blast. It's like it's like digital Where's Waldo. Mm-hmm. It, the, I, I was more confused, though, because you were playing the funk versions of a bunch of music i thought going in i thought that was like the actual game music yeah such a weird track to like put to a game no because when i started playing the game and i saw what it actually was like i had this moment where i was like dude this is the perfect game to put on some chill music smoke a doobie and just like click on shit like it's it, there's no, it's nothing complicated about it. It's not like you know some of the stuff's a lot harder to find. But I was just like this this is perfect. Like I could just see myself just chilling out when I have some time to kill and just being like I'm gonna find that damn banana. You know, <laughs> it was like a more advanced version of those uh, like those I Spy games that used to be around back in the day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the the band I was listening to by the way, if you guys have never heard uh Bollocks is actually the first one who told me about them when we were he actually introduced me to him when we were uh in San Jose for TwitchCon. Hmm. Uh we were he I jumped in his car to go somewhere. I don't I don't even remember exactly. I think it was after you had left. It was like that next morning or whatever. And he's like, "Have you heard of Scary Pockets?" And I was like, "No, man." And he was like, I forgot about him until I found him again later on because that whole weekend is a blur. But mm-hmm. uh, they're called Scary Pockets, and mm-hmm. the the one the one of the founding members of the band. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, he is none other than Mister Jack. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Conte or Conti? Uh, the Let's founder, see. the founder of Patreon. Wait, he, really? Yeah, Jack Conti. Oh. He he's also the first band he ever started was a YouTube group called Pomplamoose. Uh and they did a bunch of like fun clip together covers and stuff. But Jack Conti is the co-founder of Patreon and on the side he has a band called Scary Pockets and they just basically do nothing but funk covers and I love funk. 
you guys know that I'm like a huge fan of Wolfpack and, uh, you know, especially old 70s funk. My dad raised me on all that stuff. So once I found out that there was a band that literally just takes popular songs and makes funk covers of them, I was sold. So check them out. Scary Pockets. They're a lot of fun. Hmm. But uh, The amount of music out there. You can always find something to interest you. God, dude. I mean, we live in the golden age of everything. Anyone who's like, oh, man, I love, I love old 90s pop music. I was born in the wrong generation. It's like, you dumbass. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even. You can find 90s <laughs> pop music today. You can listen to all of it and more today. Like, the, the, whole, the whole, when people are like, I was born in the wrong era. I was born in the wrong decade. Like we have more access to more stuff now than ever. You wouldn't even have known that you liked '90s music without the internet. So, I want to see 100 years in the future, people listening to Little Pump and like Six <laughs> Nine, and they're like, "I was born in the wrong generation." <laughs> Actually, they wouldn't even say that. They're just like, once everyone like literally our language like a hundred years from now no one's it's just going to be mumbling and emojis and memes there's going to be no actual spoken language we're headed towards like egypt it's just hieroglyphs are making a comeback Mm -hmm. why speak when the image can do all the speaking for you we can just mumble and throw money at you and emojis and short video clips and giffies words are overrated Mm-hmm. Once we can send digital information from our brain to someone else's, that's it. Oh, uh, it's Let over. <laughs> it's over. Like someone does something, and in your head, you just mentally transmit a monka s. Dude, I want to be sending so many farts to people. <laughs> just mind farts. Just be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, you hear, <laughs> you know, I'm nearby. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you, I wonder if ads will be like that too. That'd be intrusive. Oof. You're just walking down the street and it's like, listen to my podcast, bitch. It's gonna be. Uh, how are you gonna if if you choose to have the chip installed, you may never have silence again. Mm-hmm. You'd have to pay money to not get ads. <laughs> or what only is the, the only the ultra wealthy can that's, hide from ads? Isn't that a Black Mirror episode? Do you, have you the one where uh, they ride the bikes to earn credits? Oh yeah, yeah. And then like when he he he's woken up in the morning in his little white room with all the walls surrounding him with like ads just pop up and you have to like pay money to turn off the to ads. Skip the ad, yeah. yeah. To skip it or turn it off, dude. That shit's scary because that could actually happen. I think that's like Black Mirror stuff always freaks me out because I'm like, this is not. It's just far enough from like being possible that it creeps me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. That one that first season, ooh, they were spot on with a lot of their episodes. Yeah, that shit was crazy. But uh, anyway, um, I think maybe we'll take a short break. Unless there was any other gaming stuff going on that you wanted. Mm, not really. I feel like there was something that happened in game in the gaming news this week that I that I I wanted to bring up, but because hmm. I know like some games were released, but nothing like. Oh, you mentioned amazing. Rivals. Have you been watching that? Mm-hmm. Oh, Twitch Rivals. Twitch Rivals. Yeah. Yeah, I have. So, can you explain exactly what Twitch Rivals is? Because I'm only vaguely familiar with Twitch Rivals, and I think like mm-hmm. it's a cool thing, and I wish more people knew about it. It was a very League of Legends centric thing. Yeah. So basically, Twitch sponsored like this whole tournament event. They took 
a bunch of League of Legends streamers. So people like the big names, like the Cutie Pie, Sneaky, uh, like the One Tricks, Yasuo. Like so, the really big Twitch streamers that play League, and a lot of the smaller ones. And then Disguise Toast was there too, because I think he counts as a League partner, even though he's mainly Hearthstone with started play League. So they basically they took all these League players. Was Painless involved? He was not. Oh, okay. So I don't know like how they did it. That's why I think it was mostly the league partners. It's oh, okay. a partnership program that you, they have with league. Right. So they took all these people and randomly assigned them teams. So you'd have like cutie pie with someone that's like low diamond or like in disguised host case, he's like a gold player that's playing with people in challenger. So it was like, it was a really interesting tournament because he had like a hodgepodge of teams of varying skill sets and like makeups because it's like one team was literally all one trick people, like people that only play one champ. Oh, and then you have people that are like ex LCS pros, right? Or on a team right now. What was uh was Tyler one or uh, Lol Tyler? Yeah, Tyler one competed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I think the what was the prize pool? Let's see here, Twitch rivals prize pool. Because I think it just uh it either ended today or it's very close to ending. Yeah, the showdown was uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. So so there's a bunch of VODs and clips out there already, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, all over the place. So let's see. I don't know what the uh, top prize was. I think the people that, like, if you made top four... Oh, it was a $75,000 prize pool. Wow. Which is funny because they adver- a lot of the advertising was, it's a fun, friendly tournament. There's money. But you also win... The prize pool is also $75,000. So you had a lot of people that are like... It's for fun, but if you actually get pretty far, you're going to make a lot of money. Because, right. like I said, they had a lot of the big streamers and all the small streamers. So a big streamer winning 5K, it's like not a big deal. But a small person, like averaging 80 viewers, it's like $5,000 for winning this tournament. It's insane. Yeah, that's So it kind of like, it was, so it also had that like weird expectation that it's supposed to be a fun tournament, but it was getting really heated because of that big prize pool. Huh. But it helped out a lot of the. I was. I actually. I follow a couple of Twitch streamers that competed in it, and like, they're around like a hundred viewers. And then because of Twitch rivals, their numbers like increase massively. And it also helped to like connect these League of Legends streamers together. So like the big ones, like I'm a cutie pie, was playing on a team with a person I watch, Kimmy Kimchi, and now like they're on each other's radar. So uh-huh. like it also helps. It's like a networking event too. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, stuff like that is definitely cool to see communities uh, coming together. Um, so it's called Twitch Rivals. Is there like, does it have its own channel on Twitch, or is it? Uh, are, are the vods just like? Do people stream it? The games they play. Like, if I go to Disguise Toast, will he have like? So I believe everyone competing in it was streaming their game, but yeah, there was a Twitch.tv forward slash Twitch Rivals. Oh, okay. So it's just oh, it's uh. It's where that uh, that clip I sent you came from, oh, where because okay. they were rehosting people's streams, like as they were streaming it. <laughs> of course. And then you get people. It was Box Fox that started it. He put on his stream, "Give me Twitch Prime flashing," and the cutie pie starts watching his stream on his stream. So you get the same thing, and then it goes in a loop. Box Fox starts watching his stream doing it, and right. then you go on Twitch Rivals, and they're looking at cutie pie's stream, and it's just flashing. Give me your Twitch Prime. <laughs> That's crazy. 
but there mm-hmm. is so it's uh it's just slash twitch rivals is the official mm-hmm. twitch rivals and that's that's a league of legends specific event right mm-hmm. but i think people are thinking like oh it's opening the doors for twitch to sponsoring more like tournaments and yeah. stuff i mean it would be silly for them does twitch sponsor an official like uh fortnite I don't because I know so. Ninja. He did he did that whole like thing in Vegas where he had that big Ninja tournament or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, where if it, you killed Ninja, you got money, right? And it, it I don't know. It'd be interesting to see Twitch doing more official events. I don't know for other games. I think they're just probably testing it with League because it is like one of the biggest yeah. games on their platform right now. Yeah, I think anything collaborative like that where you get a lot of streamers involved, I think they should do more game shows too. Um, you know, whether it's like Family Feud type thing or whatever where you just have a bunch of... Twitch Squares with featuring Soda Pop and, and a Disguised Toast. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be really cool if you had just like more collaborative game show type stuff. Like what is that? What was that game called? One versus 100 or whatever? Uh, do you remember that where there was mm-hmm. like, it was, I forget what channel it was on. It was, it was on TV for a while and it was basically a trivia game where there was one person who was like the main player, but then there was a panel of a hundred people and, uh, they would ask a trivia question and then the, the hundred people would all vote for what they thought the right answer was. And then the, the contestant would based on. I think they got to know what the 100 people like percentage wise voted and then they decide what their answer is. <coughs> and then, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I do know this. And then the hundred people, uh, like the, all the ones that got it wrong drop out. So like on the first question, like let's say 30 people said a and 70 people said B and the answer is B. Then the 30 people in the 100 drop off and there's 70 left. So the point of the game is if you're the contestant, if you're the main contestant, you're trying to get the questions right until the 100 is down to zero. And if you successfully are able to do that, then you win like a giant prize pool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was kind of like want to be a millionaire uh, in the sense that you, there were certain points where you could say, you know, you can walk now and this is how much you get or you could keep going. And I think like a format like that would be pretty cool if you got streamers involved. Where it worked perfect on Twitch. Yeah, because you could just have a whole bunch of streamers just like as the one hundred, and then you could have some random like viewer or streamer or whatever as the one. Like the uh, Mashif mentions that there was an Xbox Live version of One versus a Hundred, and people loved it, and then they stopped doing it. I don't know. Hmm. I, yeah, it's not like it was easily work on Twitch. Like you could just have a box, like a bot sifting through chat, marks everyone, and then like, oh, if they gave a wrong answer, then it just like blacklists their name. It's not going to listen to them for the next one, and then go down. So it's one versus Twitch chat. Yeah, oh, there you go, perfect. One versus Twitch chat, million dollar idea. See, occasionally we come up with them. Twitch, uh, you're welcome, and uh, we'll expect royalties. One versus Twitch chat. We're going to sell this idea to Twitch. That's a crazy good idea. I was Mm -hmm. thinking more like having a bunch of streamers on as the hundred, but that makes even more sense. You have one streamer as the one and then Twitch chat is the 100, like the first 100 people to like click on the overlay or whatever, become the going to hit up the sushi dragon be like, I got this game show idea. You have the studio perfect for it. Well, and the reason, the reason it works 
And the reason people wouldn't troll it is because on one versus a hundred, let's say the prize pool is a million dollars, right? Well, the 100, obviously Twitch probably wouldn't be able to afford a million dollars, but the 100, if they, if they fool, if they, if they outlast the one, they get to split the prize pool. So like, say you have a thousand dollar prize pool, right? And it gets down to, you know, 10 people versus the one and they're able to outlast him. They each get a hundred bucks. So, you know, Twitch chat, Twitch chat's pretty trolly, but I think if there was an actual like prize on the line, mm-hmm. then people would probably participate and take it seriously. Some Amazon store credit split across all the chatters. Cause yeah, I can actually see that working really well. Dude, we were, I, I, I'm not going to publish this podcast. Uh, I'm a software developer. We're Just gonna, edit this part out. We're going to create an extension on Twitch and make our own one versus chat game. And it's going to be the next big hit. We, that's mm-hmm. that's a million dollar idea right there. No one take it. It's mine. You heard it here first. If you see that game come up, make sure uh, you direct them back to this podcast. I want my royalties, please. But for real though, that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It, it it wouldn't be that hard to do, like you said. I I think it's definitely doable. Damn! Now I'm all excited to play one versus Twitch chat. Get working on that bot. I'm sad that Pro, it doesn't you prototype exist. Prototype it in your own stream. All right, I'm no I'm no longer streaming. I'm only coding. Uh, sorry, guys. I got to make this a reality now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I could I could definitely. I've been wanting to make a Twitch extension. I just haven't had a good idea. This might be the idea. If it's not already in the works. I'll be so mad if someone better at programming than me spits that shit out in a week. Hmm. They're like, oh, so I saw this really cool extension on this dude's channel. Makes something <laughs> way cooler. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's take a short break. And uh, we actually, I know last week we had, we took a break from the beef. We did not have a beef last week, but we're back. We have a Chiefs beef, hot, fresh, and spicy. It's on the grill. It's just about ready. So I think we're going to take a short break. Uh, drink your drink, smoke your smoke, hit the bucket, do what you got to do. And when we come back, we're going to eat that beef. Mm-hmm. See you in a minute. All right. You're back at it. Um, we have a beef. I'm excited. I like the beef. I like having things to debate about. So we're gonna we're gonna do that now. I'm gonna bring James on here. Check out this hot, spicy beef provided by our good friend Mr. Mashif, Twitch.tv forward slash Mashif. He streams late at night when he's uh not being a father or a hard worker. He, uh, he likes to get angry about stuff, and we like to debate the stuff that he gets angry about. We do it in a little segment we call Sheaf's Beef. He's going to give us two topics, and we're going to decide which one is the beefiest. So I'm going to switch over to my media view here, bring on James, and that's not the beef. That's <gasps> Neptune's Prime. Let me pull it up here. Hate that it always starts auto play. There we go. All right. Mm-hmm. I got it open and ready to go. I'm gonna crank it up to eleven. This out of the way here. So we have not watched this ahead of time. We're all watching it together for the first time. 
pause my music. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta just give me the word. In the right screen here. There we go. All right, we'll do it on three, or we'll do it on go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. One, two, three, go. Welcome everybody to another episode of Chiefs Beef. Welcome back to the ring. I'm your host, Miss Sheaf. It's been a week, so let's get to the beef. First beef is riding dirty. I don't mean <laughs> like the what I mean by riding dirty is your filthy fucking car, your dumpster of your car, your garbage can on wheels. Uh oh. If you offer to ride someone somewhere, hey, don't worry about it, man. I'll drive. If the next sentence out of your mouth is let me just move some stuff real quick. You got a problem. <laughs> That's red flag number one. That means your car is disgusting and gross. It's time just to move these McDonald's wrappers. If I fast. get into the back of your car and my feet don't touch the ground, they're resting on a cool collection of water bottles. We need to reevaluate some life choices here. I'm not saying I'm super clean. I'm not saying that it's got to be immaculate or 100% detailed. I'm just saying when you're done with your water bottle, Take it out of the vehicle and throw it away. Ugh, clean cigarette up your butts. car. Clean up your world. You'll look better. You'll feel better. Don't leave a dirty car parked in front of your house. It's a reflection of you. It's time to stop riding dirty. So riding dirty, you're the first brief of the week. Second beef. Shopping carts. Now, shopping hmm. carts. Where is he going with this? Just when you're using them at the store can be a piece of shit. You get the one with the fucked up wheel or whatever, and you're constantly fighting <laughs> the goddamn cart to the, the grocery store. That's a whole nother issue. The issue here is the assholes, the pieces of shit, the scum of the earth that decides, I'm taking the shopping cart. You know, and if you don't have a car and you're going to take a shopping cart, hey, that's cool. My issue, the problem, is when you decide to dump said shopping cart. Done with it. Put it right here. Boom, goes in this ravine right there next to the school. No. If you need that shopping cart so bad that you got to take it with you when you leave the, the parking lot because you don't have a car, keep the fucking shopping cart. <laughs> Park that bad boy in your garage. Take it in your backyard. You keep it. You hide it. You stash it. That's your cart from now on. You know what? No one's going to fault you for that. When you start just leaving it somewhere for someone else to figure out, then we got issues. Okay, then there's a problem. They're going to pay someone to come and get it, and they got to track it down. Then the cost of the store goods go up just because you couldn't take the fucking cart back or you couldn't just not leave it in your house. If you got to take a cart, got to take a cart, keep it in your fucking garage, okay? Don't leave it on the street for everyone else. You want to know when you're in the bad part of town? Look for a fucking shopping cart. And that's why. <laughs> shopping carts, you're the second beef of the week. Jimmy, James, chat. What do you guys think? What's the biggest beef of the week? Stick around to the end because there is a right answer. And I'll let you know. You come back. Hmm. All right. What's up, James? What do you think? I think I live in a bad neighborhood now. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of shopping carts laying around? Oh, there's a couple. There's a couple, yeah. I don't know. It's weird because it's like they just appear there, you know. You don't really see people moving the shopping carts full of stuff. They just appear randomly in neighborhoods. 
Sometimes they're flipped upside down. Sometimes they're just sitting there on the sidewalk. Where did you come from? Who brought you here? Why? It's so weird. But I actually never thought about it that way that Mashif put it. Like, if you don't have a car, then yeah, actually take a shopping cart and like walk it to your home. Just like, I can it. see that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being all right. Yeah, just, at that point, just keep it. Especially if you think about it, if it was full of groceries, right? And they, dry, and they drove it home, took all their groceries out. It's like on their porch right there. They then had to walk with the shopping cart to some random street and then drop it off and then walk back home. It's like, why do that extra work? Just put it away. Yeah, just keep it at that point. Yeah. And then <sighs> dirty cars. My mom's old car was notorious for that. I'd get in and she's like, oh, wait, let me move some stuff from the front seat. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I look in there, it's just full of crap. And you know, being when you're above six feet tall in any car, you already don't have a lot of leg space. So with more crap there, I was like scrunched up in this car. But then I kind of got a bit, what's the word, used to it. Not the word I'm looking for, but it works. Because my friend, when he was driving places, his car was always a mess. Random stuff everywhere in the car. But I was just like, he's driving me for free and he doesn't expect me to pay him ba- gas money back. So I'll just put up with it. You're desensitized. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I've never... I've never seen a car that looked as dirty as some of those images Mashif had. Yeah. Like if I, if someone said, Oh, jump in and they had like cigarette butts littered around and like tons of cans. I'm just walking. I'm not finding up with that. That, that car's a fire hazard. It might explode randomly. I don't know. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah. I, uh, both of these are pretty pet peeve in my book. I, this one might, it's going to be a hard choice for me because I, uh, um, before not to put her on blast or anything, <laughs> I feel like I've already put her on blast like twice tonight, but before I met Lady Navio, I was super duper, uh, anal about my car, like just being clean, never leaving stuff in it, never leaving clutter. Like, you know, whatever I take out of the car or whatever I bring to the car, I bring it back inside. I have like a little trash bag to throw stuff away. Like I, I always kept my car really, really super clean. Uh, Lady Navio, not because she's a sloppy person, but because she was so damn busy, especially when we met. Like her car just was always cluttered. She always just had stuff in her car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would take turns driving places and stuff. And like at first it really bothered me. It's like, you know, there's just like a bunch of shit in the back seat and whatever. And there's just. And I like it was I was it's one of those times where I had to like reflect on myself and be like, am I just being overly critical? I don't know. So I, I think I found a healthy balance between the two. My car now is not always immac- as immaculate as it used to be. Uh, I do agree with his point, especially if you depending on where you live, like Mashif lives in a uh, fairly nice neighborhood. I've been to his house a few times. He makes jokes about me living on lakefront property. He actually does live in like a really nice house <laughs> in a really nice neighborhood. So like if you live in an area like that and you just roll up with your fucking like Geo Metro that hasn't been washed in three weeks and you step out and trash spills out of your door, then yeah, people are going to be like, what the fuck? 
dude. Like, <laughs> are you in the right neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, like you're definitely got a suspicious person over here, officer. You're gonna you're gonna get a reputation for yourself. Also, um, it kind of it's funny because that's one of our uh, one of our questions that we always ask our guests. You know, we always ask desk, room, and car. Which one do you clean first? And car is like almost always the last one on the list. Mm-hmm. So but usually I, they say, oh, I just, I don't drive that often. Yeah. Or, or like some of them don't have cars. They don't drive that often or it's just, you know, whatever. I think cars, if your car gets that dirty, it is a direct reflection on you as a person. Because who was it? One of our guests that we had, when we asked that question, they said, as far as cars, as long as you take more out than you put in. So like, like, you know, you, you throw some stuff in there to go do something, right? As long as you put one in, take two out, right? Like as long as you're just kind of conscious of like making sure you take stuff out every time you get out of the car, just grab a couple things and take it into the house. It shouldn't ever get that bad. It's not, it doesn't even take that much effort to keep clean. So that's a, that's a direct reflection of you as a person. If your car is just full of shit all the time, because that, that's just like long-term neglect. So that one, that's a big beef, honestly. Like, really, really messy cars. When you like, you drive down the highway and you see that guy who can't even see out his rearview mirror because it's just piled up with trash in the back. Like, that's or people who like put my uh, I I want my grandma used to just have like a row like rows of stuffed animals in the back window of her car. Mm -hmm. It's, I act surprised, but my mom does the same thing. <laughs> so, like, that's that's not necessarily dirt. That's just like clutter, and that also drives me crazy. So, yeah, I could rant about that one for a while. Shopping carts, I think, might be the lesser beef for me. As annoying as it is, it it doesn't happen that often. I mean, I do see them, and it is definitely annoying. But again, this is one of those things where uh, places are starting to get smart. Now a lot of the stores near me have those uh, proximity carts. I don't know if you've seen those, but a lot of shopping, they have a technology now where one of the wheels, one of the four wheels actually has like a, uh, a little chip in it. Mm -hmm. That and, locks it. And it locks if it goes like a certain distance from the the uh, establishment so like you can't you, you just literally can't leave with them unless you like put them in the back of a truck and drive off with it but it it locks so i, I think mm -hmm. that one's probably gonna be less of a problem i it, no, if, people will just drag it <laughs> just <laughs> that, that, then it becomes noise pollution at that point mm-hmm but, it was actually funny. I was looking. I was like, if I actually wanted a shopping cart for my own personal use, could I get one? And I found a place they would send. They actually didn't have the price, but it's like we'll send you a quote. So obviously, you're supposed to buy more than one, but it's possible you could buy your own personal shopping cart. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be baller. Just walk around campus instead of a backpack. You just got a shopping cart full of your books and stuff. Just like. That's like, I think that's three levels more insane than people who walk around with those little wheelie backpacks. <laughs> I had one of those once upon a time. <laughs> of course you did. Those didn't exist like, when I was in school. I think maybe like by my senior year, there was one nerd walking around campus with a wheelie backpack. 
but mm-hmm. I was that nerd. <laughs> yeah, well, we're uh, ten years apart. The They're a lot more common all now. All I gotta do is all I get, it's like I don't gotta put it on. I just pull it behind me. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense from an ergonomic standpoint, but <laughs> but from a cool kid in school standpoint. See, all my friends were developing scoliosis and hunchbacks. Me, <laughs> I was standing tall, my chest puffed out as I pulled my backpack behind me. Yeah. I mean, my backpack was the least of my concerns because I did drumline and I played like tenor drums and those things were way heavier than any backpack. So I, I guess in in perspective, I had very little concern about my spinal dexterity at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those books are heavy, man. Oh, I had a traditional high school too in the sense that we had a I, – I actually had a locker. I had a I had a locker in one of our main halls and then I also had a band locker. So I never – like I, I always had a place to – kind of dash or stash my stuff but but yeah i remember when so when i started school back in the 90s not only was it cool to have a backpack but it was cool to have a jan sport backpack and only wear it on one shoulder mm-hmm. so look. you know the old zach morris like uh <laughs> so that was even worse for your back that was the, that was the the one strap straight up like scoliosis machine back in my day a whole generation of people just like this <laughs> tilted just like just like how the generation before me there's all those uh like uh my grandma is like permanently hunched over from before they realized that like posture was a thing and they spent all day just at a typewriter right mm-hmm. and they have like that permanent the permanent like just giant bump in their back from slouching all day every day typing at a com- at a not a computer a uh, typewriter mm-hmm. ergonomics had yet to be invented <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah no uh so anyway long story short uh we got super derailed there but i would say for me probably the bigger beef is the dirty car if I had to choose one, even though I've become more lax, it still bugs me when a car is like past that point of like yeah, there's times where you feel uncomfortable. Just like, no, nah, I don't need a ride, dude. <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty hard to get in a car. Like if 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 anyone ever offered me a ride in one of those cars in one of those pictures, I would probably decline. Mm-hmm. Whereas shopping carts, it's annoying. They're kind of ugly, whatever. But like, they'll probably be gone in a couple days. It's not that big of a deal. I don't I don't mm. care that much. Yeah, and you're not jumping in it and going for a ride. <laughs> exactly or are you you know actually kind of depends you're like oh cool i needed a shopping cart and just grab it and go so what do you think i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with riding dirty i think for me i'm gonna have to go riding dirty as well yeah for the same reason it's like yeah the shopping cart it's a blemish in the neighborhood my neighborhood's not already not the most upstanding for its looks so it kind of fits right in so it wouldn't really bother me yeah, but dirty car. I have to, especially how long the the destination is. Just sitting in there, knowing like Ooh, this car is a mess. That's a good point. What if <laughs> keeping your arms up because the armrest has like cigarette burns on it? Like your buddy's like road trip. We're going to Vegas. Like four hours sitting in just like a trash mobile. Mm-mm, yeah, so definitely gonna have to go right and dirty on this one. Yeah. And as far as shopping carts being shitty in general, like when you go to use them, 
He kind of made that point at the beginning. I am that asshole. I will pull four carts from the thing until I get one that doesn't suck. I have I have no shame when it comes to uh when it comes to like I'll 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 pull one out and I'll like I'll seriously like walk back and forth and push it a couple times like no nah, shit sucks grab another one I'll just keep handing them people walking by giving them the shitty ones until I find a good one and then I'll go in mm-hmm. so this cart it was made for me <laughs> what's this and there's definitely some establishments that have better carts than others. Mm-hmm. I'd say Target consistently has pretty decent carts. They're like mostly plastic and they're just, I don't know, whatever wheel or fucking whatever technology they figured out, their their carts seem to be consistently better than than like Walmart or Food Max. Yeah, those plastic carts are actually very nice. Like the more like wireframe ones, they always have one janky wheel that doesn't quite turn at the rate you need it to. So it's always stuck at an angle. Yeah, and then and then it like the ones the worst where like one wheel is high slightly higher off the ground, mm-hmm. and it kind of touches the ground every once in a while, so it just kind of like spins around and wobbles while you're and just makes everything terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mashif said it sounds like both of you have left carts in your neighborhoods. All right, look, why <laughs> I have I have never had to go getting groceries that necessitated me taking a shopping cart home. But I have seen people taking shopping carts from the local state of Brothers and heading towards my neighborhood on occasion. <laughs> no, I was, I was more destructive than that, Mashif. Me and, uh, me and my buddies back in high school had a, uh, a pastime we called shopping cart bowling. <laughs> I have video evidence. Maybe someday I'll... Uh, Maybe are we past the statute of limitations on destroying Vaughn's shopping carts? It's been It's been like 20 years. I think we're probably safe. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Anyway, uh yeah, I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with uh Ride and Dirty on this one. Mhm. All right, 309, can you Is that good? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. On uh go, we'll do it. One, All two, right. three, go. Oh, I have no sound. Oh, never mind. Yeah, it was just the ring you think you soundless. got it. It is the final beef. Shopping cart. What? Shopping carts are the biggest beef of the week because they're just the biggest fucking eyesore and 100%, 100% avoidable. No excuse for taking the shopping cart. No excuse for leaving it just randomly askew someplace for someone else to deal with. Fuck you people. You people are awful human beings. If you got a dirty car and it's just your own little world and you want to live in a little rat pile and you don't bring anyone else in there, fine. That's fine. No problem. These fucking shopping cart people, though, they've got to be stopped. They're a menace to society, and they are the beef of the week. Boo. All right, I'll take his explanation. I'll take it this time. No. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. It's their own little world. Yeah, that's true. We have to choose to go in there. But he specifically that's... made a point about getting in other people's cars. So that's mm-hmm. what I was basing my premise off of. Like, if someone's like, yeah, I'll give you a ride, dude. And then, like, you open the door and it's literally a dumpster. Like... 
there's nothing worse than that because a now like well it puts you in this shitty situation where it's like oh they're offering me a favor but now i have to decline it and look like an asshole because their car like is a hobo's paradise like that that's there's no more uncomfortable i hate uncomfortable situations i can't even mm-hmm. watch the movie uh meet the parents like i literally like Anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, I will avoid. Awkward comedy is my is the bane of my existence because I mm-hmm. feel everything they feel. So to have someone you be like, "Dude, way too much." Dude, I'll give you a ride, and then they open the door, and it's the fucking trash jungle. I literally can't. I can't. So there's nothing. <laughs> he literally can't, guys. He reverted to sixteen year old white girl. I can't even. Literally, can't even. That's how bad it is. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying awkward people. That Bishop girl and JC Crown, there's a difference between awkward people and awkward situations. I'm talking about awkward situations. There's like awkward people. I mean, I have no problem with that. We've had kind of like quirky, awkward people even on this podcast. We have a great time, interview, whatever. I'm talking about like situations where it's just like you're stuck. There's no winning. Yeah, exactly. You get in the dirty car or you say, no, I think I'll walk. It's like both aren't good. Either way, you lose. It's a lose-lose situation because you de- you decline the ride and you're the asshole or you take the ride and you sit in garbage. I don't know. It's 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 a rough one. Dude, it's been almost two hours already. I did wanna, I did wanna mention this uh, article that I just saw. Um, this is kind of crazy. There's a <laughs> Amazon is so they tried drones and now they have Ooh. now they have AI uh, little delivery cars and like I I hadn't even thought about. So you you know there's all the techno the talk about technology as far as autonomous vehicles like self-driving cars. I haven't mm-hmm. even thought about taking little tiny baby cute self-drivable cars to deliver shit. Like no people in them at all. Just like I I don't know why that didn't even cross my mind, but so Amazon is going to try this technology. I think they said in uh Seattle, I Seattle. think. Seattle. Yeah. They're they're literally just gonna throw your package in a little car that drives down the sidewalk <laughs> until it gets to your house and delivers your shit for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a cool idea. I, I, I do have a couple questions about it, but I wanted to watch this short little clip. Where they kind of show an example of it. Let's see if it loads. Might have to turn off ad blocker. Load for me. I'm thinking it's got to be pretty heavy. Otherwise, you see it rolling down the street, and then you're just like, "I got a net in the back." Well, yeah, no. So there, it, it does. It. it is a locking hatch. It won't unlock until it confirms that you're like coming out to pick it up or whatever. And I would imagine there's a there's kind of a window in the front. I would imagine there's probably a at least a 180 camera, probably not a 360 camera. If they were smart, I, I would think they would do like a, a dome on the top with a 360 camera. Mm-hmm. So they could, you know, if someone's approach it from the back, toss the net over it. 
scooping on the pickup. No, you just someone rolls up with a white van right next to it and just grabs it and throws it in, and then that you know just smashes it and then opens it up. Like there, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That that's the concern is that they're they're small enough to just swipe off the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they probably thought about that. I Which like probably why they're doing it in Seattle. Like they want an area that they can probably map very easily. Right. The distances aren't too far. But what yeah, do you actually- mean? Long Beach is perfectly safe. <laughs> <laughs> All those packages would never make it to the destination. They're like, sir, Amazon, our Amazon uh, drones, one through 72, they've all gone offline. <laughs> Within three days, our drones have all been destroyed and thousands yeah, of dollars worth of products have been stolen. Well, yeah, that's actually really interesting because people were thinking of like the flying drones, but those are much more like that's a much bigger issue. Like it's flying. You can't put something heavy on it, but this like just riding down the sidewalk. You could definitely see that happen. Uh, I yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, you're the drone makes it back to the office, and there's obviously going to be dicks drawn all over it, right? Like some te- asshole teenagers with sharpies are just going to be like, "Hey, there's a prime one. Get it." And they're just going to mm-hmm. like, I, I guarantee you, it's not going to take long before it comes back with like some racial slurs and dicks drawn all over these things by the time they make it back to the office at the end of delivering a package. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's when they add guns. It's gonna have a MAGA hat like super glued to the top of it and fucking <laughs> a dick butt on the side. It's 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 gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get vandalized. Oh, absolutely. Vandalized and stolen for sure. I mean Seattle is like you said, it's probably safe as a good testing ground, but bring that to the Central Valley of California and good luck. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a pretty big problem with like most of the, the cool tech shit. Yeah. Like the limes, you don't see that in in the area I'm from. But San Jose, oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, same thing with uh, uh, they just started dropping them in my hometown. And uh, I, think, I think I saw a few of them, and they actually had a little lock on them. There's like a, a mechanism that has like a little thing that can, you can like wrap around a pole to lock it. So it's like one extra kind of measure. You still like so, and the lock goes into the same, you know, the little control panel where you like scan it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just has like a little metal wire coming out of that that like loops around like a pole or something and locks back in. Yeah, just as a deterrent, so people don't just right. lift them. Right. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Makes it hard to push over as well. Yeah. Because that was a big issue. So many of them were just like lying on the floor. Or like thrown in a bush. You can still cut them and throw them in a river. (laughs) Hey, Bollocks would know. Bollocks is actually uh, signed up as a charger. Mm -hmm. So he can like unlock them and take them home and charge them. But it's it's an extra step. The people that already want to vandalize it, they're going to vandalize it. Right. Anyway, I wanted to watch this little video clip because it kind of shows you, like, an example of what it does. God dang it, Bobby. This clip has a copyright. Imagine being that Amazon worker. All right, (laughs) so this week, uh, you're going to follow the the robot around. Just walk the entire day. Do you have to be home for this? I guess you do because the hatch doesn't even open until you confirm that you're, like, coming out to get it. Mm Mm-hmm. It might be one of those things like uh, how they already have same-day delivery for some things. Right. So, like, 
if you need it right now, it's like, all oh, right, the robot will be at your house in like two hours. Nah, so they'll just need to add like a package cannon. And Mashif said they should add a gun for theft deterrent. So eventually it'll just roll down the street and just like bust a cap in people. And then like when it gets to your house, it just has like a some type of trebuchet or package cannon that just like launches the package at your door. Eats it through the window. <laughs> just yeet. yeet. <laughs> Here's your package, bitch. <laughs> I love the part where it says uh, right here where it says, uh, uh, let's see if I can find it. Amazon did not make it clear how the device would protect, uh, what does it say? Protect the customer's privacy or delivery. So I imagine, so I, when I was a kid, there was a prank where you would order a pizza, but you would put like somebody else's address. Like one time th- it happened to us, my sister, one of her friends from school, uh, they called like every pizza place within a two mile radius. And so that night we got like 12 people showing up at our door from different pizza places, all being like, did you order a large pepperoni? And it it was a prank obviously. And it was a waste of everybody's time. I think we ended up buying one of the pizzas, but like I can see this being abused where, because <laughs> it says there's no, uh, will not make clear how the device would protect customers privacy or delivery. How are you going to confirm? Like if I, if, what if I ordered like a giant purple dildo and had it delivered to your, <laughs> to your, uh, to your dorms, you know, like how are they going to, how are they going to protect? I, they they have to have some type, I guess, to verify your address somehow. Mm-hmm. But because these it, things can probably only deliver one package at a time. Now that I think about it, it's not a very big compartment. Yeah. And even that, like if they put multiple things in it, they'd have to also have more storage and like more compartments in it that are also locked, which means less space for larger stuff. Right. Because like what it looks right there is just like cooler sized just opens wide up so it can only hold one thing you could do that now jimmy navio yeah but my point is like in the example they show here the person has to walk out to the curb to get their package so that like the privacy is a concern right i don't know maybe they'll maybe they'll box stuff up so you don't the only scenario i think they could use for criminals like you have a stolen credit card you buy something same day, have it shipped to like the closest address it can go, and then wait like wait in a bush until you see it coming down the road, and then like just run onto their porch, wait for it, and then grab the package. Yeah. I mean, I know a package theft has been on the rise in general anyway. Like this Christmas season, the numbers were like it spiked quite a bit. And now, but more of a, the fun, it's kind of fun now though, because more of them are getting caught with everyone's got those, uh, the ring, uh, the ring doorbells, mm-hmm. the Wi-Fi uh, camera doorbells or whatever. So I, I, I enjoyed the holiday season because I watched like compilations of dumbass criminals stealing packages off people's doorsteps. Mm-hmm. There were a ton on Reddit where it's like package thief fucking trips running with the package. <laughs> Well, and there was that guy who uh uh built that he he's a NASA engineer and he built that uh that package that when you open it it sprays glitter everywhere and records from like a 360 view. <laughs> Did you see that video? 
I don't think I have. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to send it to you. Like he engineered, he over-engineered this, this beautiful creation of a box where you open it and it has a little tray in the top full of extra fine glitter that sprays in every direction. But then he also had uh, a bunch of cheap like cell phones that would automatically start recording when you open the box. And then after that, it would it would spray fart spray every 30 seconds. Oh, God. So what happened is it would cause people to – they'd open it. It would shoot glitter everywhere, and they'd be like, what the fuck? And then they'd sit there and like kind of look at it for a sec. And then you hear the, the mechanical – like it's a mechanical device that basically rotates and makes the fart spray go. So you hear this – and it sprays like five sprays of fart spray. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, 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 what the fuck? What's that smell? And they like throw it out the window. And he, he, he designed it that way so that they would ditch the package so he could recover it. It was mm-hmm. ingenious. So he got like seven or eight like – solid videos of people opening this package getting shit on by glitter and then having their noses violated before they yeet it out the window <laughs> like yeah it, you, you need to send me this video oh you gotta yeah, yeah definitely i'm sure someone can probably find it and post it in chat but it's it's classic and then there was a guy in fresno california who uh kept getting his packages stolen so he took a package and he filled it with uh he scooped his cat's shit from the cat litter for like a week straight, saved it all in a box and taped up the box and put it on his doorstep. And sure enough, someone came and stole it and just like walked off. The word of the this episode is yeet, Mashif. This episode is called voiceover yeet. Didn't you get the memo? Yeet is the word of the week. We're going to start doing a word of the week like, uh, like fucking Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he filled a, he filled a box with like cat shit and, and clumps of cat litter and someone walked off with it. Unfortunately, there's no reaction video for that one, but yeah, package theft is, is, is on the rise. If you, if you're concerned about it, you can contact your local, um, UPS and FedEx and tell them you prefer not to have your packages left. They can put that on file for you. If it's a con- mm-hmm. it almost happened with my mic. Luckily, it was just delivered to the wrong address. Uh, but that- oh, you, it was like delivered two hours ago. I go outside, don't see the package, and I'm like, it was two hours. Yeah, how could this happen? That would have sucked. It was too slow. But yeah, I I don't know. I I'm excited about this type of technology, but I'm I'm skeptical because there's so many things. I mean, a few of them we already talked about, but there's so many things that could go wrong. You meet one of these on the sidewalk. It points its gun at you. You're like, oh, I'm trying to rob you. Step away from the robot. You have entered the three meter danger zone. Please step away before lethal fourth is op- authorized. <laughs> and then and then it'll show up on rotten.com just a compilation of people getting shot by Amazon Prime robots. Or at least may, at least some pepper spray. We there's there's got to be some type of deterrent. Some uh what are those um beanbag bullets or something. Mhm. Just mount a BB gun on it. Ooh, there you go. Just shoot them in their yeah. We could we could we could definitely come up with some creative creations. 
Or, uh, you know how, like, oh, how about, like, you know, uh, in high school, there's always that rumor, and I never actually tested it myself. It's kind of like the old rumor where you say, if you, you know, oh, there's a chemical in the pool. If you pee in the pool, it'll turn blue. You know, they would tell that to little kids to try and deter them from peeing in the pool. In high school, I don't know if you remember, but they'd say, if you pull the fire alarm, blue ink will come out and we'll know who did it. I never actually witnessed that happening. Is that an actual thing? Is there is is there actual like blue ink? I doubt it. I have never in my life witnessed blue ink come out of a fire alarm when you pull it, and I'm I'm really wondering if that's a real thing or if that was just like them telling kids that in high school. So you could do the same thing, right? Like you could just have the rumor of a deterrent. Mm-hmm. They like like. The robot is actually, it's a coded in this material that we can actually track. You know, it leaves a trail. So if you, if you even touch the robot other than grabbing the package, oh, you'll get caught. Yeah. Or just actually, like, just literally shoot blue ink at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, permanent, just tattoo their entire body if they try and roll up on it. And be like, who did it? They have a lineup, and there's just one dude that's just like, I blew myself. I did this on purpose. <laughs> it was not to me, officer. Yeah. But, uh, dude, now I want to know, can someone out there go to a high school and uh, for, for science, just pull the fire alarm and see if <laughs> you get blue ink on your hand? Just, just light a fire first so you have a good reason to pull it. <laughs> Light a fire in the hallway and then pull the fire alarm and uh, let us know how it goes. That would be uh, if you, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you could report back. You can email us at hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> with your findings. We'll do it for science. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, oh, did did we want to did we want to touch on the whole. Uh, my racist moment before the podcast. Hmm? I, uh, I, I caught myself almost being racist right oh. before we started the show. Cause James was talking about that game that he's been playing and he's like, Oh, I lent, I lent my friends some money, but I could take it back. I could cancel the, uh, the loan or whatever in and exchange I, for something else. Yeah. And, and basically <laughs> in my head, because when I was a kid, this was a very common phrase Disclaimer, in my head I was thinking, oh, you Indian giver. And I like had to catch myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I don't think I can say that anymore. Even though like I guarantee you when I was a kid, the phrase Indian giver was super common. Along with uh, sitting Indian style, I think they call it crisscross applesauce now. Mm-hmm. That I, one I have heard of. Yeah, but I and you had never heard Indian giver, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I almost said Indian giver just now." And you're like, "I've never heard that phrase in my entire life." So we Googled it to find out the origin of it and everything. It was it was one of those moments where I actually was like, before it even left my mouth, I was like, "Is this racist?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is racist, but I grew up saying this all the time. Holy shit! Oh, oh frick! We yeah. forgot about it. What? Forgot about Jumbotron James. Oh, is it still there? It's still there. We should probably do it. Oh, it was the Rabbit Speaks. That's why. Well, he's here now. We should probably do it. Dude, we've been sitting on this Jumbotron James for like three weeks because we knew that you would show up eventually and we would read it for you. 
Revit told me, when Jumbotron James, it, it's time. DM me. <laughs> it completely, it completely. All right, we'll, we'll we'll come back to Indian Indian giving, um, but because uh, I have a clip I want to play. Uh, we 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 went down the Indian giving rabbit hole, and it was actually really interesting. So I wanted to talk about it, but let's let's hit this Jumbotron James real quick for All Rabbit. Right. I know Rabbit was looking forward to me doing this. <clears throat> Boy toy named Troy used to live in Detroit. Big dope deal of money. He was getting some coins. Was in shootouts with the law, but he lived in a palace. Bought me Alexander McQueen. He was keeping me stylish. Now that's real, real, real. Gun in my purse, bitch, I came just to kill. It's a good thing there's a character limit. Pretty sure Rabbit would have requested the entire song if he could. No one can hear me. I got to start over. Oof. So, yeah, I, I'm muted. I'm sorry about that. Um, what I was going to say is um, I haven't been advertising Jumbotron James because I've been working on some stuff behind the scenes. But uh, if you want to have James read a message on the stream, there's going to be a couple of ways you can do that. We're going to keep the traditional way that we've done it in the past where you can go to my Twitch stream and spend some ducats. Uh, and buy uh, a message that James will read. There's that way. So that'll, that's not going away. But uh, there's people out there who listen to the show who don't necessarily watch it live on Twitch. They might listen to it on iTunes or you know YouTube or whatever. If you want to have a message or an advertisement read on the stream, you can PayPal me. Uh, I think I think we haven't decided on the amount yet. It's not going to be a lot. It's mostly just to make it official so it doesn't get abused. It's going to be a few bucks, but it's going to be on the website. Uh, you'll be able to PayPal a few dollars to uh, jimmynavio at gmail.com. And we're, I think I'm going to switch that soon to my, – my, I need to link my PayPal to the podcast email address. But there's going to be a way for you to directly support the show and have James read a message during the podcast. So the website and all that stuff, it's in the works. You can still do it the old-fashioned way, but there's more to come. So I, I, I was trying to hold off on announcing that, but Rabbit Speaks reminded us about the Jumbotron, James. So I'll make that announcement mm-hmm. now. Pretty soon. It's like I'm, I'm a Pfeiffer artist now. <laughs> exactly. So if 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 you want to have James read a silly message or an advertisement or a message to a loved one or a proposal, whatever it might be, there's going to be a way for you to officially do that soon. You can still do it, like I said, through the, the Twitch ducket overlay thing, but we're going to have a more uh, official PayPal kind of way to do it soon. So keep an eye out for that. Um, And well done, by the way. You nailed oh, it. Thank you. I more rap lyrics, please. Maybe we could get some. Uh, could someone get him to attempt rap God or something? Uh, we oh, need. Oh God. <laughs> That's. Oof. Come on. I'm gonna, I need like multiple takes on that. It'll be like me attempting be prepared when I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Only ten times harder. Ten times faster. True. Except, you have the advantage of being sober. That's true. I'm going to have to start practicing that one, though, in advance, just in case. So anyway, before we end the show, I did want to kind of talk about uh, this whole Indian giver thing. So we found out, uh, we did some Googling on it. And uh, let's pull it up again, because I was really actually, I was was quite interested 
when we started talking about it. Indian giver origin. Oh, you're in the wrong overlay. Oh, I did it again. See, we were supposed to have a guest tonight. Just saying. So right here, if you look at uh, Wikipedia, Indian giver is an American expression used to describe a person who gives a gift and later wants it back or who expects something of equivalent worth in return for the item. It is based on cultural misunderstandings that took place between early European explorers and indigenous people with whom they traded. Often the Europeans would view an exchange of items as gifting, believing they owed nothing in return to the natives who were generous with them. While the indigenous people saw the exchange as a form of trade or equal exchange, so had differing expectations of their gifts. The phrase is still in colloquial use to describe a negative act or shady business dealings. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a gray area, and I know it was used a lot in my youth. I remember hearing that phrase quite often, but obviously James had never even heard the phrase. So it's probably mm-hmm. it was not, alien to me. It's not used as much as it used to be, but essentially like an Indian giver, if you call someone an Indian giver, it's a very negative connotation. And it's like, you know, you gave someone 50 bucks, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, I, I, whatever. And then you know, like a month later, you're like, Hey man, I need that 50 bucks back. And they're like, what? I thought that was like, what are you talking about? I thought, I thought, I thought that was a gift. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, man. I like that. You, you gotta, you owe me, dude. That was a loan. You know, it's, it's basically that, that was when I was a kid, that was what it meant. Uh, was like someone who gave you something. And then later on down the road was like, never mind, I need that back. So we did a little more research and apparently it was very common like native americans because it was a they didn't they they mostly dealt on a barter system so whenever there was a deal there would be an exchange of goods uh and it wasn't necessarily a gift both parties were expected to exchange some type of good or service uh and even if they were unequal right even if it was unequal it was just like oh you know i'll give you this for that <laughs> and our discussion ended on me being reminded of something that happened recently where uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Chevron, the giant energy conglomerate, was trying to gain access to a camp to basically indigenous people's land. And it is super cringeworthy because they showed up trying to trade some goods. And I'm not going to play the whole video. I'm going to skip ahead. But essentially, these these representatives from Chevron showed up. And uh, <laughs> and they were like, so can we come on your land? Blah, blah, blah. There was a back and forth. There's kind of a discussion. And uh, I'm just going to start playing it at this point when the kind of the um, – the exchange kind of breaks down a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. You can you can piece together what happens for yourself. You'll be wiping out. And like I said, the fur-bearing animals, which we trap and depend on for income. And- so basically she's saying, if you do this, uh, it's going to have a very negative impact on the ecosystem, on the animals, on the land, on everything that we're trying to preserve and protect here. So no, you can't have access to our land. You're here to fuck shit up, basically. Our salmon is our staple food. You'd be wiping out all our food sources. So what you're telling us is that you will not allow us access onto the territory. We understand that. 
We thank you for your time here today. We are the authority of this territory, yes. the province is We brought you an offering. We've left some water, some uh, tobacco for you. We've got clean water right there that's supposed to drink and okay. uh, pollution the plastic. We have brought you an offering. Landfill, okay. so. Some water, some tobacco. Look at that. All we ask is the right to build some oil pipeline on your land. Look at it. <laughs> Look at the offering. It's literally one case of bottled water <laughs> and a pack of tobacco <laughs> so that we can come on your land and destroy your entire ecosystem. And then they take it back. They don't even leave it. They're like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> Yeet. There you go. Word of the day. That's, oh my lord. And she's like, it's funny, you can't really hear it because the music starts playing in this clip. There's a version of it without the music. But basically what she says in response is like, they're literally standing next to a river. I don't, like, So if you back it up, I'll play it one more time so you can hear it. The music kind of drowns it out. She says, and that's pollution, the plastic that adds to the landfill. Oh, wait, I gotta back it up a little more. Some tobacco for me. She says, no thanks, we've got clean water right there. That's good to drink. There's literally a flowing river that they're standing on a bridge over a freshwater river. And they're offering them a case of bottled water. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, hold on. You know, it did say they didn't have to be equal. <laughs> Yeah, true, but that I mean that's just that's just, just we want to build a pipeline. It's going to ruin the ecosystem. It's going to make us a lot of money and in exchange, here's a case of water <laughs> and tobacco. Oh man. What is this clip? Oh, that's him reading the uh there you go. You mm -hmm. can you can share that clip with all your friends. You should probably go post it on uh, Video Gamers Discord. I'm sure they would appreciate it. But yeah, no, I just, our whole discussion about like the whole exchange of goods and Indian giving and all that stuff, it reminded me of this clip. So I had to play it because it was just, it, I, it, it's so bad. <laughs> even, even if this is a common practice, it just looks and feels so bad. Like it just, they, nothing, there's nothing good about how I feel when I watch this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially the, the man's reaction. He's like, all right, so you don't want us on your land. All right. We, we understand, but we did bring a gift of water and tobacco. It's like, I mean, come on. It's a, it's a pretty sweet deal. I don't know why you're not taking it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, don't, uh, don't try and, Destroy Don't be that guy. <laughs> hey, can I uh, can I come over and poop in your living room? I mean, I brought over like some Gatorade. Is that cool? So the the guy that shows up to the party with uh with half a pizza that he already ate and is like already drunk when he shows up. He's here to wreck shit. Nah, dude, you're not coming in. Sorry, not happening. Anyway, people are crazy. So uh, what's the next YouTube video you got in the works? 
Uh, I saw you. You had a couple Minecraft ones recently that you dropped, right? Yes. Probably gonna do. I've I've had ideas. I want to work on some intro outro stuff to make the quality a bit better because it's just like right to the thing. So I want to do some stuff. But I actually I'm sitting on a bunch of games that some developers have given me codes for. So I want to make videos for those. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, nine if I include that one and then a couple more keys so I have like 14 videos I'm going to make there from these indie titles but apart from that I'm not quite sure when it's going to be out cool we should uh, we should feature some of them on the uh, We should do, you should reach out to some of them about doing a, a podcast spot mm-hmm. I'll see Maybe. I'll see how they uh respond to the video because sometimes some devs have like come in on the video and been like oh yeah like thanks for the feedback we really appreciate it. thanks for taking the time to make this video it means a lot to us so if it happens again i'll use that yeah we could uh have them on as a guest or we could like feature a, a clip of you playing the game or we could play it together and talk about it like i'd be totally down to check out some of that stuff See what see what's going on. That that's mm-hmm. the benefit uh, for those who don't know. James has a less than small, uh, or not exactly small, YouTube channel. He's very humble about it, but he's he's an accomplished YouTuber. I did uh, one thing. I noticed um, less than small. That's not what I meant. I meant like not small. The opposite it's, of small. It's absolutely tiny. <laughs> Micro penis. No, um, he has a YouTube channel that he has cultivated over many years since he was in his pre-teens. He's, he's had this YouTube going for a while. Well, and not that one. That one's more high school, but the but earlier anyway, ones. You've been, yeah. you've been doing YouTube for many moons. And one thing I did notice, I, I check out your channel every once in a while, and I noticed that uh, every time you drop, it's it's got to be tempting to link it's got to be tempting to not uh, create anything other than Minecraft videos because every time you drop a Minecraft video, the view count is so much higher than anything else. And that's mm-hmm. like, it's that whole thing where you get pigeonholed, right? Because there's like, like it's kind of like the equivalent on Twitch would be like, you're the guy who always streams that one game. Like every time you drop a Minecraft video, it's like thousands of views, right? Like tens of thousands of views. And then you'll, you'll drop a Slay the Spire video and it maybe gets 200. Like mm-hmm. how it's are really you not, how are you like... not tempted to just constantly be cranking out Minecraft videos? Honestly, I am. But no, I, that's actually <laughs> part of the, the planning that I was doing. I was like, all right, clearly they're what do the best, but I still want to do other stuff. So it's like, I'll have days where I do that and days where I do other stuff or maybe a double upload day where I do both because I'm not like interested in toying with the algorithm and doing all of that as long as I can create stuff that I actually want to do. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's that grind, man. Mm-hmm. Never stop. Never stop. Never surrender. Got to keep producing content. For better or for worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually something other than Minecraft will get, you know, around that level and then it's all right. It's yeah. paid off. Well, who knows? Maybe like down the road, it, it, the Slay the Spire ones will just kind of 
trickle their way up. Or Minecraft 2. Ooh. Oh, yeah. What was that game called you compared to Minecraft? Oh, uh, Hytale. Any more? It was coming out like this year. Any more? Because uh, you you played it, right? Were you in like the alpha or beta? No, or no the, uh, it's not out yet. Oh, okay. The closed beta will be out this year. And I got the email that I'm in. So Ooh. it's just waiting. Wait and see. We'll have to see how, how crazy their NDA is. Because if you can start creating videos for it, just be like, be the first one, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, bah, 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 got it all planned. Just, it's like, oh, they, they push out an update? Update video. What's happened? What are they adding? What are they taking out? What's changing? If, it's, if it is what you say it is, there's definitely... Uh, mm-hmm. Like they showed uh, recently in the newsletter, they showed off their uh, modding tools. And it's like, so if you want to make a static object like a sword, it's super easy. Just you can import a model yourself or model it in the, in, in the, in the engine, and then you're good. Wow. You can just designate it as sword and it'll just work flawlessly. And then they showed like, oh, if you want to do more complicated stuff, like it's in the works. Like we already have the bare bones essentials for that type of stuff as well. Yeah. So they actually finish it, which I think they really want to since they're like, it's a, it's a group of people that loved Minecraft and wanted to build this. So they'll finish it. Uh, they'd be silly not to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they already ran the, uh, the biggest Minecraft server currently, which was Hypixel. Hmm. They have the incentive. So I'll be checking out your YouTube channel for uh, updates on that. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know. All right. Um, that's it. That's the show. We did it. It's uh, 8.30. Wow. Definitely did not feel like two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Means the conversation flowed. There were no lulls. We weren't like, oh. So, uh, you hear anything in the news you find interesting? Your yeah. segues were on point. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I do my best. I was just trying to see if there's someone we could raid or host. You know who's, uh, <laughs> you know who's streaming right now? Oh. Uh, voice over Pete. <laughs> Should we raid him? Let's do it. More to come on that front. But I think we might go raid voice over Pete. Oof. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna do it. We're gonna raid voice over Pete right now. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'm should be on tomorrow. I think I'm gonna do a little stream play some games james has been streaming more lately as well he's been you know he's around here he's been known as the serial procrastinator but he's actually improved his uh productivity he's been telling me that he's had more time to stream because he's been staying on top of his homework so make sure you go check right after this doing more homework so i can stream tomorrow there you go so check out james 28 uh as always, these episodes will go up by Friday on uh, hitthebucket.com, or you can just search for Hit the Bucket on whatever podcast app you use. It'll pop right up. If you want to subscribe, download an episode, give it a listen, give it a rating. We could really use some, uh, especially like on iTunes, you can write a little review, give it like a however many stars you think we deserve. Um, and uh, yeah, check it out. Tell your friends. Hit the Bucket bunch of nerds hanging out talking about stupid nerd shit games and stuff so 
Uh, what's the raid message? I don't know. Just drop some buckets. Say hi. Let him know that uh, you appreciate what he does. Nothing. Uh, there you go. Hit the bucket. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. Let's go with that. All right. I will initiate the raid and we will say goodnight. Thank you guys for being here. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you. And, uh, oh, I, I'm going to drop this just a little, just a little tidbit. I might be doing a giveaway soon to promote the YouTube channel. So keep your ear to the ground. It's coming. I'll probably announce it on Discord first. I usually let my Discord community know. I give them like a day heads up before I like tweet it out and shit. But we're going to do a giveaway. We got to get the YouTube channel pumping. So keep an eye out for that. Have a good night, everyone. Let's go say hi to Mr. Voice Over Pete. And uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully with a guest. If not, you get to look at James's pretty face. <laughs> good night. Ooh.